Glad you're with us here on ESPN Chicago. Soren Petro, my friend from Sports Radio 810 WHB, joins us from Kansas City because the Bears have their GM. It's Ryan Poles. He was uh, he was escorted by George McCaskey right through O'Hare Airport, and he's the new guy for the Chicago Bears. Soren joins us here on Cap J. Hood on ESPN Chicago. Soren, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Uh, so as you well know what's happening in Chicago, the Bears need a new GM, a new head coach. So Ryan Poles, who worked with Kansas City in the front office, what, what do you know about Poles that we should know? Yeah, I, I listen, you know, the people I've talked to and, and a little bit, I, I've been around uh, the guys there. I, you know, they, the Chiefs usually work more from, you know, one figurehead for the coaches, Andy Reid, one figurehead for the front office and Brett Veach. But uh, always kind words have, have been said about Poles that he's organized, uh, he's process-oriented, uh, he's pro-analytics, which I think is important in the modern age of, of managing a sports team, uh, and a very good evaluator. You know, the, the topic of the Chiefs rebuilding an offensive line, which has been one of the big stories here in Kansas City throughout the year, uh, you know, I, I brought that up and somebody said, well, that's, that's a Ryan Poles feather. Like, basically, Ryan Poles, you know, was the guy that was behind that. They, they traded a first-round pick and other picks, uh, other picks in a package to get Orlando Brown at left tackle. They paid big money for Joe Tooney, but then they got uh, in the draft uh, the best center in football and Creed Humphrey in the second round and the sixth round, a guy who was first-team all-rookie at guard in Trey Smith. And then a draft pick from the year before, Lucas Yang, until he blew out his patella tendon at the end of the season, had been playing right tackle at a high level. They completely rebuilt five starters on the offensive line, their biggest weakness, and did it in a whole variety of ways. And I think that was kind of the final you know, piece of the puzzle for people to go, okay, you know, number one, this organization is ready to start, you know, uh, shedding leaves uh, to other other teams, and and these are the guys that were really instrumental and hands on in doing it. And so, I'm not surprised that that polls got the job. And and I hear that the Bears outdid the Vikings to get him. Yeah, I think that's why George McCaskey. That thing went viral, by the way, Soren, where McCaskey went to O'Hare, went inside, and walked him back to the car. So they want to, he wanted to make sure that polls was locked in. So in any good organization like Kansas City. Soren, you know, it's always a collaborative effort, right? It's the GM, it's people that work in that front office to come to a consensus on free agency and the draft. So you mentioned some of the hits. Can you, is there, are there any major egregious misses when it comes to polls? Because he's part of that process as well. Yeah, no, there isn't. Um, you know, the, the, the Chiefs have, have been pretty good, you know, in the draft and in free agency, at least getting production out of, uh, you know, their, their guys. Uh, you know, there's no, you know, they're pretty tight-lipped about the thing where get out about, well, this was the guy who was really behind this draft pick. You know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire went number 32 overall uh, to the Chiefs in the first round. He hasn't really lived up to, to what a first-round running back is. And there are a lot of people that would say never take a running back in the first round. I know that came down to really the Chiefs wanted to move down in that draft. And when Jordan Love, uh, when the Packers moved up to get him, then there was really no one to trade down with. So they were left to make a pick at 32, and they took the, the best pick that they thought they could. But, you know, they've had some great picks, like Legereus Sneed in the fourth round is, is a guy that could really play corner or safety, play inside or outside corner. Uh, he was a tremendous pick in the fourth round. Gay Jr. has played great football at outside linebacker, had some problems off the field, obviously, here in the last week or so, but has been a great pick in the second round. Uh, this year's second-round pick, Nick Bolton, has been a tremendous uh, middle linebacker for him. I mentioned the offensive line. You know, they've, they've done a really nice job, and I think this year's draft was kind of the final piece of the puzzle for people around the league to say, okay, they really do know what they're doing. It wasn't just 
They got a great offensive mind in Andy Reid, and they got lucky with a quarterback. They've had to turn this salary cap over. They've done a nice job of managing the cap. Poles has clearly been around that and been able to wedge in big pieces when it looked like they didn't have enough cap room, be able to massage that cap and keep things going, but also not winding up in a spot where you're, you're ever in a position where you got to cut four or five of your, your main guys. So, you know, I think he's had a great education uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it will work. You know, I'm, I remember mm-hmm. like the, the Chiefs brought in, you know, um, uh, Scott Pioli from the Patriots, who was like a three or four or five time executive of the year. And that didn't work because he hired the wrong coach in Todd Haley. He put his money into the wrong quarterback in Matt Castle, and he blew his first-round uh, draft pick. That was number three overall on Tyson Jackson, and he was never able to recover from those really the first three decisions he made as a general manager. I think it's going to be really important to get the quarterback right, the, his field's the guy, to get that right, get the coach right, and, and make sure that he can work with him because that was one of the you know poison pills for Scott Pioli was he and Todd Haley were immediately at odds and, and really never had a shot, either one of them, to make it Kansas City. So, Soren, you speaking of coaches, Eric Bieniemy, his name has gotten cold as far as the head coaching search. It's not as hot as it was maybe at the beginning of the process for some of these teams. So, would would Poles talk to Bieniemy? If he doesn't, what does that say for Eric? Yeah, I've asked that question and people get upset. You know, when I ask that question, it's a, it's a sensitive subject and, and rightfully so. The NFL's made it a sensitive subject by not having enough uh, coaches of color in the league. And so, you know, everybody has a strong opinion about it and nobody wants to hear their opinions wrong. But I think this is, this is you know, he's, his resume is complete. Uh, he's done everything he needs to do to, to be a head coach. But if nine coaching jobs now with the Saints job opening up say no this year after seven jobs said no the year before and however many said no the year before that, I think you'll have to conclude that while the resume is complete, there's something that owners don't like. And I think you'd be a fool to say it's 0% the color of his skin. I find it impossible to believe that, you know, 31 old white guys, uh, you know, are, are, are just somehow comfortable uh, with, with a black head coach when they consistently pass them over and, and fire them after one year or after winning seasons like we saw with Brian Flores. So I, I'd hate to say but it, I, I wouldn't say that it's zero percent. But I, I think it's it, it's clear when when you get passed over that many times, if he is passed over, that there's something else that's missing. There's some you know talk of some off the field problems in his days at Colorado uh, that that's been brought up, and you know he gets dinged for not calling the plays. Although Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy didn't call the plays in Kansas City either. Uh, you know, but I think you got to come back and say you know maybe the guy doesn't interview well. I, I know he's not the best in front of the media. In Kansas City, he's gotten a lot better. Like his first year when he was interviewing for jobs, I was like, there's no way they're going to hire this guy. He struggles to handle media questions. He's gotten a lot better, but he's still not the best. And it's possible that he just doesn't do well in the interviews. And that doesn't mean he can't coach. You know, I was told the story that Dungy was awful in media or in uh, ownership uh, interviews. And that's what kept him from getting a coach uh, coaching job for so long. When he finally got it, he proved that he could certainly speak to players. Right? And I think that's what owners have to do. They have to get better at understanding that the idea isn't to wow you. The idea is to wow a team and to lead a team. And Eric Bieniemy's given a lot of credit for that. But you know, if, if he gets passed over again this time, and, and on the record, uh, Andy Reid said, I think he's getting a job this time. And he's not said that in any other year. So Andy Reid seemed to have some confidence he's going to get a job this year. But if he doesn't, I think it's clear there's something missing that, that certainly uh, owners in the NFL are looking for. Lastly, Soren, I appreciate your time. Matt Nagy in Chicago, are you surprised that it didn't work? Um, yes and no. Uh, again, you know, I'll go back to what I said about Scott Pioli. Who, who's your quarterback? And when you're the coach, you know, who's your quarterback? What do you do with those high picks? 
floor, you know, considering you're taking over a team that's not good. And, you know, those high picks, a lot of them got traded for Khalil Mack, not that he wasn't a good player. You know, that, that raised expectations. You know, I, I've always defended, you know, how Kyle Shanahan wasn't under a little bit more heat when he'd been to one playoff. Matt Nagy had been to two. Now, granted, he didn't go to a Super Bowl like Shanahan did the one time he'd been there before this year. But it, it seemed like it was a, certainly not a level playing field and how those two were evaluated. But getting the quarterback right is the most important thing. I've seen guys be successful here as head coaches. Dick Vermeil, first thing he did, trade for Trent Green. Gave up a first-round pick and got the quarterback position right. Uh, Andy Reid came to town, traded two second-round picks for Alex Smith. He got the position right and then got it even righter, for lack of a better term, yeah. uh, when he got to uh, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, that's where it all starts. That's that's the most important thing, and that's what, you know, Poles is going to have to do. That That's what whoever coaches is going to have to do is make sure they got the quarterback right. What you hope, obviously, as a Bears fan is that the quarterback's in place. They just need the guy to coach him. Yeah, well, you know, the my I guess the big concern already is what is can will Poles use the Kansas City playbook, what he learned from Kansas City, or does he have his own ideas, right? Because Fields is the quarterback in place right now. There's not enough weapons around him. The defense is aging but still effective at times. So I'm just we just want to know exactly what his philosophy is going to be. Is it what he learned in Kansas City or does he have his own ideas? I guess that's still to be determined, right? Yeah, and I think it is, and I think that's always a wild card. You know, a guy can be around all the success, uh, you know, you could possibly put him, but is he picking up on what the important parts are? And listen, let's not kid ourselves. Opportunity is part of it as well. Um, you know, if Fields is there, it's a great spot. But we watched Chris Ballard leave here, you know, um, about the time uh, Brett Beach was getting the general manager's job and, and go to the Colts, and it looked like a dream scenario. He was inheriting Andrew Luck, uh, had cap room, had plenty of picks, and he's really done a very good job in Indianapolis with everything except for Andrew Luck retired. And they've gone through Phillip Rivers. They've gone through, uh, you know, uh, Carson Wentz now. And, you know, getting that quarterback spot right, like the, the Colts roster is a really good one. But if you don't play well at the quarterback position, it's just so hard to consistently get into the postseason. I think even harder now than when Andy Reid was doing it with Alex Smith because Alex Smith was a good quarterback. He wasn't a great quarterback. And so that's why it's important to then get the second thing right. That's the coach. And I think it needs to be an offensive coach. I know that may not be what Bears fans want to hear because come off an offensive coach so people usually crave what they haven't had. But I think the reality is you need a quarterback-coach marriage. And they need to love each other, and it needs to work, and you need to keep it together. And I, and I, and I think that's really hard to do when you have a defensive coach because if the offensive coordinator is successful, he's gone. And then you're on to the next one. And then you run the risk of upsetting the quarterback. So, you know, they, they've, they've got to make sure they got the quarterback right. And, and I think that'll be one of the first things. And, and then if they've got it right, make sure he's happy. And, and Poles is going to go along with doing that by making the right coaching hire. Soren Petro from Sports Radio 810 WHB. I appreciate your time, man. Thanks for coming on with me here in Chicago. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Cap and Jay Hood, mornings 7 to 10 on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. If you're listening to us right now on Tuesday, January 25th, on the 26th, we'll be on from 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. breaking down the new general manager, Ryan Poles of the Chicago Bears.